The real estate industry and entrepreneurship as we know it is changing. Join me on this journey and discover how to successfully navigate this new world of technology disruption. How do business owners and real estate agents like us achieve sustainable profitability in the midst of automation everywhere? Is it possible to offer the very best customer experience and charge enough to really thrive? Those are the questions. My name is Amy Donaldson, author of Get Off the Cash Flow Roller Coaster. I am your host, and this podcast seeks to find the answers. So thank you guys for joining us for today's episode. I have a very special guest who is joining us from the Bay Area. His name is Adam Moody, and he's with a company called Oasis Optimization. He is the owner and founder, I believe. Is that correct? Correct. correct. Yes. Okay. So he works on sales funnels and email marketing, which... I mean, I feel like email is such a critical component for most real estate agents, and it's one of the number one things that real estate agents ask me about. So Adam, I would love for you to tell how you help, and you work with all entrepreneurs. You're not real estate specific. Correct. Yeah. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, I do. I work with a lot and, you know, specifically um, e-commerce and online stores, Um, although these lessons, like we were talking about before we got started, apply to, to anybody. And, you know, helping business owners increase their average order value, their lifetime value, and putting systems in place is what I do. Um, But again, that doesn't matter if you've got an e-commerce store selling shirts, or you're a real estate agent um, selling houses or commercial real estate, or you're like me and you're running a business. Um, A lot of these things apply. Well, one one of the reasons that I thought it would be so fun to have you on here, as opposed to somebody who specializes in real estate, is what I've noticed is you know, most, most CRMs for real estate agents come with some type of campaign and, and they're usually just terrible, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're so bad and agents ask me, they're like, I would never send that or it's not my voice or there's, it, they're embarrassing, they're awkward, they're either too salesy or they're confusing. Um, the list goes on and on, which I, and, and it's hard for me because when I, t- when I tell real estate agents that they need to have an email marketing campaign, immediately they think of the drip campaign that came with their CRM. And I'm like, no, 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 don't, don't use that one. <laughs> yeah. And I feel that most people just in this space, the, the people who are really nailing it, if they're using, they're using what works, which frankly, we all know that if you buy something online, from anywhere, e-commerce has the email marketing down. Real estate agents don't, and the, the real estate agents that are doing it well, they're they're taking the ideas of what works from e-commerce and applying it. So that's why I just thought you'd be so valuable for my audience because I think that they, you know, need to hear the strategies that you employ and just share your knowledge with us, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. I mean, I, you know, it's interesting, and I I know what you're you're talking about, I think a lot of people come into email marketing and just to back up, you know, I I used to hear the term marketing and was just kind of like, uh, like I came, uh, my background, I used to be an engineer. And so like sales and marketing stuff to me was just like the enemy, you know, it was, it was the stuff that distracted from like the real work. 
And, uh, you know, through uh, my trials and tribulations, I ended up where I am today and running my own businesses and working with others to grow theirs and realizing, oh, this is really crucial, really critical, important uh, work that we're doing. And that's communication. I mean, that's what it comes down to. You're building relationships and communicating with people. And I think that the flip side of that is, you know, there I put a large weight on everyone and now they're thinking, oh my God, I've got to do, you know, really good is it doesn't have to be complex. Uh, right. It doesn't have to be this insanely hard thing. It's, uh, it's just important that you, that you work on it and that you build those relationships, which again, I've only worked with two realtors, so I don't have a real in-depth experience, but I can tell you the one that I remember and the one I will use again is the one who built the best relationship with me. And how did she build that relationship? Yeah, uh, with her, it was, um, you know, primarily through the phone, but she was very responsive. So text messaging, um, emails, and then also just listening. You know, it was clear by her actions that she listened uh, to what I was saying and my wife as well. And, and so that just came through and just being personable and built literally a relationship. Asked us, you know, besides the houses, you know, what do you guys enjoy doing? Just like, you know, she was meeting us and getting to know us. And so, you know, some of it I'm sure helped her, but she was also just yeah. being a good person asking us, you know, what are you guys doing when you're not looking at houses? See, and I feel like that piece of it actually comes very naturally to real estate agents, mm -hmm. the, the relationship and the piece of it. I think it's, it's actually really unusual for an agent to not build a relationship, especially with a buyer. Sometimes with a seller, we don't have as much interaction, but with a buyer, I feel like real estate agents, um, I mean, and especially first time home buyers, there's just, every agent has a special place in their heart for that first time <laughs> because it's a, it's a magical experience. I yeah. mean, buying your first home is, it's special. So it's, it's something that's fun to, to be a part of, you know, that you're, um, you're part of a special time in somebody's life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so the relationship piece, especially in person, I think is very easy, but the email marketing, you know, most agents struggle to, to keep in contact with their clients after closing. Um, and, and they don't have a solid, the, the one where I think they're really losing a lot of money is they spend so much money to get leads into their business. Um, and if that person doesn't convert immediately, it's gone. They don't. So there's big teams in real estate that have um, pretty good, System, you know, they're they well, a lot of them have it, you know, um, people making phone calls on their behalf and they've got emails going out. And most of those emails are listing alerts, right? It's all look at this house, look at this house, look at this house. The ones that are doing it really well, there's also an educational component to it, okay. Um, but that's most agents who are just an independent agent, or maybe that's them and, and an assistant they really, really struggle with the email marketing. They don't know what, they don't know what to say. They don't know how often they just, it, it, it's just this big, all they really know is, and some of them don't know this, but is the one that came with their CRM is pretty bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I'm sure it is. Uh, and it's funny. I want to clear one thing out of the air for everyone uh, real quick and just say, there is no one answer to the things we're going to talk about. Um, you know, there's best practices and people will tell you, you need to send an email every quarter. Um, somebody else will tell you, you need to do it every week. And the answer is, is what works for you and what works for your clients. That's the right answer. 
So um, how do you tell, how can you tell if you're oversending or undersending? I think, you know, you will definitely hear if you're sending too much, you know, you won't get, be, people won't be responding, people will be unsubscribing, which side note on that, you have to, I'm sure everyone's aware of this now, but you have to allow people to unsubscribe unless it is, you know, a personal email, but this is your business. Make sure that people can unsubscribe through your emails and have a way to uh, do that. That's part of the can spam app. So make sure you're doing that. Um, but beyond that, just, you know, getting out there. And I, I think we talked about it, my rule of thumb with this, because I, I like to think about it this way. Try to put yourself in the shoes of the buyer or the seller. If you yeah. were them, how often would you want to hear from you? And, and hold on a second. Yeah. I want to back up real quick to the mm -hmm. unsubscribe because yeah. I've had agents where they have one, you know, maybe they send something out to 8,000 people and they have one person unsubscribe. So then they think that they sent it too much or it was in. So what kind of, what percentage of your email list unsubscribing, what, what should be, be a concern? I, yeah, I'm going to caveat this with, I don't know what it is um, for the real estate industry. I'm sure there's okay. no numbers, um, but in general, um, you know, definitely under 1%, but you know, if you're sending to a hundred people, that would be one person. So if you're sending to like 8,000, I mean, that'd be, what would that be like? Um, 80 would be 1%. Yeah. So like if you're getting one unsubscribe, you're doing wonderful. So like, don't okay. And yeah, that's the one thing I, because people, yeah. they, I mean, they'll get a couple of, you know, my three, you know, I unsubscribed three different times in a row and it was like, but. And it's a good thing. I look at it as like, like other businesses, you're disqualifying and it's not a bad thing. That means that that person is not interested. That's great. That frees up the space, if you will. Uh, for someone else to join your list who wants to hear from you. And just yeah. like you do, you know, I remember back, uh, I don't know, turn of the century, I guess. So way back when, when you could not unsubscribe from emails. I don't know if you remember this, Amy, but like, yes. it was impossible. And things have changed. I'm not going to say that there's no companies out there that make it difficult. But nowadays, for the most part, they realize, and it's illegal, for you to not be able to unsubscribe. And, and I operate by that. And I know a lot of other businesses do that, you know, that's great. That's your way to say, hey, I don't want to be involved in this. So why would I want to keep communicating with this person? Well, yeah. And just so anyone listening doesn't panic and worry about how do I set that up, um, every single, literally 100% of the CRMs that are designed for real estate that I know of. So if you're using something obscure that I haven't heard of, but literally all the ones that I'm aware of, it automatically, so even if you're not using their pre-canned um, campaigns, if you go in there and use Yeah, the, it'll add it on at the bottom. You know, it's got your address, which is required by law. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's automatic with, with all of the CRM, all of the ones I'm aware of. So Yeah, and even if you're just doing one that just does email, all of them have it now. Like it's not something you have to set up, you know, it has to be there. So not, not yeah. to worry. But yeah, not to worry about it. If you do get a lot, then you need to, yeah, you do need to look at it and say, well, what am I doing wrong? And, you know, maybe asking people, but I think in most cases, people generally uh, overreact because it's, it feels it's our ego, right? You're like that person unsubscribed, they hate me. And it's like, no, they just didn't want to get your email. Like that's it. So, yeah, yeah. It's not that big of a, well, also there's, so there's a, there's a few different styles of selling real estate. Um, some agents, market heavily online. So mm -hmm. they're going to build quite a large, this is, would be the agent who has 8,000 people, right? They're going to build quite a large list very quickly and of people that they've never met. So they're going to get unsubscribed. So yeah, I agree with you. If it's under 1%, it, 
so you're fine. Yeah. Um, and I can speak more to, I can speak to both. Like I've emailed lists of uh, tens of thousands. I also like in my own business, one of them, I have a small list of like 500. Um, and you know, it's not always the case that a bigger list means more money. Um, yeah. So that I don't want people to get hung up on that either and say, well, after listening to this, I need to just get as many people's emails. That's no, not yeah, because, well, then this is what I was going to say. The other style, there's some agents who, you know, virtually 100% of the people that they work with are people that they have met. So, um, so their database would consist of people that they've actually sold, sold houses to, people they've met at an open house. Um, and I think this is the category when somebody unsubscribes where they're like, oh, you know, we're just that one unsubscribe feels like, a, because it's somebody, they recognize the name. It's somebody yeah. that they know personally. So it, it feels like, what did I do? Should I call them? Did I offend them? Is it okay? Yeah. And you know, the same thing applies, you know, just think about the times maybe you've unsubscribed or where you've been. Maybe you had a bad day. Maybe you got sent an email while you were trying to focus on something. Who knows? Or you just don't want to hear it. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Don't take it personally. If someone replies to you and says, I hate you and your emails are the worst, then you can take that personally. <laughs> yes. Well, and the other thing too, the person on the other end, especially if they're, if they don't have a job in marketing or they don't own their own business, they don't realize you can see that they unsubscribed. Yeah. They have no idea. They just like, I just want to not get this like, okay, great. So. Yeah. Like they're just not interested and they don't realize that you're going to get notified. So they don't, yeah, they're not trying to like let you know that they don't want it. Yeah. They yeah. they're just trying to not not see. I mean, it's just I mean, I've hidden people off of Facebook before that are friends of mine, but I just they post too much or whatever reason, but I still love them and want to see them and if they call me, I'm answering. No, oh, yeah. But I hit them on Facebook and then, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of the other problems that, you know, a, a lot of people have, and I see this again, my experience is not in real estate, but a lot of businesses, they've got uh, a great product or they've got a great service. Um, when customers do find them or do engage with them, they have a great experience, uh, but they don't have any sort of email marketing and that hurts their lifetime value in the sense of repeat business. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know for a fact is important to real estate agents, uh, Absolutely. you know, and building that relationship and keeping it going because- I could understand if I was, if I didn't understand email marketing and I came into real estate and the business, I'd be like, man, how do I keep in touch with these people when they, I don't know what, Amy, what's the average between buying and like selling houses? So that kind of varies based on area and type of home. Um, but you know, the national association of realtors will tell you it's five to seven years. Okay. You know, so yeah, that's not a week or a month. I mean, that's a long time. You yeah. Know, but you wanna... I mean, a first time, a first time home buyer, that buys, you know, like a condo, they're usually only in that two to five years. So it, there is, and the luxury market could be longer. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of variables that five to seven year mark, I think is an average of everything. Okay. But yeah, so either way, right. Even if it's two years, if it's 12 years, you know, it's, we're talking years, that, that's a long time. And, you know, depending on the area you cover, you may not actually see these people all too often. Um, so I think that we talked about this a little bit and I'm just going to throw it out there and say, Hey, if you don't have a better idea, then maybe you should start with a monthly email and yeah. getting out there and saying, Hey, you know, just putting yourself out there in a short email and short is important. I don't, I love, uh, the realtor that, uh, I sold used to sell our first home. 
but like I don't need to read a novel from her. Uh, I want to stay in touch with her. I really like her. But you know, there's so many other things. She could do a personal um, once a year, probably an email about, hey, here's what's going on with me and, and my business. If you're interested, are you in the area? You know, uh, hit reply. Let me know how things are going with you. Just keeping herself uh, in my mind. That would be a good one. Um, there's all sorts of other things you could do. Maybe she uh, got a really exciting new listing. Uh, she could share that. I think that's okay every once in a while. And then with most agents, I would assume they're kind of location-based, right? Like you kind of work one area. Most, yeah. So that would be a great way to write these emails is you can lead with local news, right? What's the local, maybe a sports team, if that's your thing, or uh, what are we the high schools crazy doing? crazy thing going on locally here right now. Yeah. We're all under quarantine. I don't, maybe you've heard. Yeah, that, <laughs> there might be current events going on. Um, yeah, these are like great. that's kind of global. Global. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you could talk about. Hey, isn't you know? Um, I don't know. Let's just say there's a, a drive going on to create uh, more masks for the nurses or something locally. And yeah. you know, talking about that, it's not a a fake in. It's talking about something everyone's interested in, and then just saying, hey, I'm available if you know you need me. Well, and the thing is, like, what I always talk to agents about is pay attention when you start get when you start hearing the same question from more than one person this is something that people are what the number one thing people are wondering about right now i mean i was joking about the quarantine right um and real estate agents we all know that we can still show houses and sell them but the general public doesn't know that so by the time you know the, the second or third client asks you like how long do we have to wait or how long do we have to put our search on hold for that should and and you're explaining to them actually you don't that should be a trigger to send an email out saying wait a minute my clients and my potential clients aren't aware that we can still go look at houses it's very different now um and every each state kind of has different guidelines mm -hmm. or rules we we in oregon washington california we can't host open houses right but we can show vacant listings in oregon they want only one person touching stuff so they they want the agent to be the only one opening doors turning on lights and then also wiping everything down yeah um, that's a great example like that would be perfect because i mean i had no idea i just assumed that there no one's showing houses like that's exactly and so when the yeah. default assumption is actually not to our benefit that's a great uh, that's an opportunity to educate people and you know with a with a great um you know like the subject line could say can we still show houses during the quarantine oh yeah and it's and it's slightly different on occupied homes because there's the state restrictions. And then on top of that, some homeowners have their own, um, their yeah, own requests or yeah, what they want. No, that yep. makes sense. And, and, you know, and taking this a step further too, um, I think that one of the problems m most people have with communication, right? Whether it's talking to our parents or our friends, you know, we fall out of uh, the habit uh, and you realize, oh my gosh, it's been a month or two months since I talked to this person. And the same thing can happen with a business. I, mean, I think we've all been guilty of it. And so thinking about this realistically, like, are you going to sit down as a real estate agent and write a custom email and do it on time every month at the same time? No, of course yeah. not. Nobody does this, right? We can't do this in our personal lives very well. So the second part of this is setting up a system. 
And it may be as simple as, you know, figuring out what gets you to do it. And it may be the pain side of like, man, I'm really missing out. And if I screw this up, I'm going to lose business. I'm going to lose, you know, literal money. And, you know, people aren't going to hear from me again. So if that's what motivates you, good. <laughs> then set up a system around that and say, hey, you could do this um, once a year. You could do it once every six months. You could do this once a quarter where you sit down and you have an hour and you write out this template of like, hey, here's a list of things I could write about. And we've already given, I think, three or four examples of what you could write about. You have uh, an introduction and you maybe include an image and then you have like your signature and a little bit of a call to action, you know, that says if I can help you with any of your real estate questions or listings, please call me at, you know, whatever your phone number is or how you prefer to be uh, contacted. And then you go through and write it. And once you get, it's like doing anything, right? Once you sit down and actually start doing it, okay, the first one takes you 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. It's like one's going to take you 10 minutes. And then the next one's going to take you like five minutes. And yeah. then you just knock them out, put them in your CRM and boom, you're done. So well, I, yeah. I highly recommend that. Um, well, and one thing I love to, and that I think actually makes really strong and engaging emails mm -hmm. is networking with other professionals because there's so many things when, when our clients, when our clients come to us for recommendations on things, we become more referable, right? That's easier for them to, when we always know a guy for whatever it is that they need, they're more excited to introduce us to their friend or family member who's purchasing a home or selling a home. Um, so that's kind of one of my favorite campaigns is if, if people are a member of a BNI or a chamber of commerce or any type of networking, and if they're not part of a formal networking group, still find the professionals. Um, you can interview a home inspector and then have, you know, for that month, it can be like some, a few key points and then you're supporting his business, a painter. I mean, a home inspector, they're only going to need that when you're, so that one might not be as relevant but a painter, an appliance guy, a roofer, a landscaper, pest control, mm -hmm. someone to hang Christmas lights. I mean, there's a cleaning service. There's so, um, yeah. Remember the air conditioner. If you didn't mention it, I remember Amy, I told you about this. I was like the yes. first time we bought our house and the guy who came over and did the air conditioning, he's like, you know, I could show you how to do this. And, and he did. Cause he's like, this is kind of silly for you to be paying me this much money. And luckily he's a nice guy, but like that sort of information, you know, like, Hey, go talk to Dave, the HVAC guy and like find out how to do such and such. Yeah. The gutter cleaners and, um, you know, so, and if you're timing them out, like now is a good time to plant your bulbs. If you want bulbs in the spring, you know, I guess that would be in the fall. Right. Um, and oh, by the way, here's the name of a great landscaper. So kind of, if you have this theme every month where it's like, here's a good time of year to start thinking about if you want to do it, you, you know, and you've got the do it yourself and the resource because some people want to do things themselves and others don't. And some people would, I mean, I would plant my own bulbs in the garden, but I'm not cleaning my own gutter. Yeah. Or the moss off my roof. There we go. Or anything inside. <laughs> <laughs> you have someone else do that. Um, but having those resources, right? That like, okay, every six months you should clean behind your fridge. So here's a great reminder. Or if you want a great cleaning service that can come in and do your deep clean for you. I mean, cause I feel like even people who, who don't have a monthly or a weekly, um, cleaning, you know, would love to have the deep cleaning once or twice. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't, I've never met anyone who said like, yeah, I never want to have someone clean my home. So 
uh, yeah, I think that's Some people pretty, don't want to send the money. You no, know, but I, I understand. I just, you know, it would, they kind of would like it to be done or maybe occasionally or hearing about, oh, this service is more affordable than I thought or, you know, something yeah. like that. So Well, and I think some people don't realize that you can hire a cleaning service just once or twice a year to do your deep clean, you know, because what happens is then people never clean behind the fridge and the stuff, you know, like they don't pull the appliances out. They just never do it instead of just paying someone once a year. No, it's like, a great idea. So between, I think my short list and your list there, I mean, that's, you got a year's worth of emails, uh, if not more to send out. So yeah. And I, I want to touch on one other thing too, um, that again, don't beat yourself up on the, the medium and how it gets done. What's more important is consistency in this stuff it, that it gets done. And so if you're big on, um, texting, I mean, I also will say with a caveat, understand your audience and, uh, and send it appropriately, but maybe you could do something there. Uh, there's tools now where you can record videos on the go. Maybe you could just send out a message to people or you are recording a video. If writing is just not your thing, you could record that video using tools like Loom, loom.com. Um, that's the one I use. You just do a, a, like a screen share. It can do a little camera grab. Um, there's all of these neat ones. Another one is Bonjoro, uh, B-O-N-J-O-R-O.com. And that is a fantastic one. When you get a new contact, it integrates with a lot of these CRMs and these other things. And it gives you a message say, Hey, record a video for this person. And you just hold a button down on your phone. You don't have to open up anything and you can record a video. And so I do that with new clients say, Hey, uh, you know, it's Adam. I just approved our meeting. I'm really looking forward to meeting you and just wanted to send you a personal hello. Uh, if you have anything in the meantime, all you got to do is reply to this email, let me know and I'll get back to you and boom, sent. And I mean, the reply, response, engagement, close rate on that stuff is huge. I might have uh, to look into Bonjoro. I've never uh, heard of it. Yeah, Bonjoro. So like, I, Bonjoro. Yeah, yeah, it's just amazing tools like that. Um, you know, we can, you know, we can employ to make this easier. And I actually interviewed the founder of Bonjoro and he had a phrase that I, I love. He said, you know, we automate the process, not the relationship. And I love, I love that. that. Yeah. And I was like, that's what his tool does is like, it's making building the relationship easier, but they're not trying to, you know, put a AI robot on it to say hello and do a video. They're just making everything so easy that all you have to do is push a button. Automate the process, not the relationship. I love this because so often, um, this is one of the resistance I get when coaching agents mm -hmm. because the overwhelming majority of agents, and certainly the majority of the agents I work with are all relationship-based, right? They work primarily, if not exclusively by, well, some of them think they work exclusively by referral, um, but a lot of their business also comes from open houses, which is not, but it's, but it's relationship, right? They're not marketing online. They're not um, like they're not building a sales funnel. They're, they're just not doing that. They are meeting people in person. They're getting referrals. Um, and, and they, they resist some of the technology because they think they don't understand that you can automate a lot, you know, and you can, you can pre-write your emails for the entire year. And it's still your voice if you wrote them right? It's not going to be the exact same as somebody else's. You're not using the one at it. And I love this idea of just shooting a video. I've heard of Loom before, but I'd never heard of um, Bonjoro. Yeah, it's a great, great app. Check it out. You should. Everyone should. I love it. I use it with my clients. And it's one of those, it's just a huge impact. People love it. And I like doing it. It's fun. 
Another thing um, that I love is, so when agents want to be like the local expert and kind of farm a specific neighborhood, which I highly recommend, I think it's so powerful, is interviewing local business owners and then mm. sending that out to your list, right? And you can, and a lot of times business owners will give a coupon, if there's some kind of special that they're running, um, you know, maybe they'll offer 10% off or a if it's a restaurant or if it's a, you know, they sell something, you know, buy one, get one, 25% oh, yeah. off or restaurants and, you know, maybe the running store. Oh yeah. They would love that. Right. It's publicity for them. And, you know, it keeps them in the public. They mind. don't have to pay for the list, right? You see, I have a list of, even if it's 500 people or 8,000 people, it doesn't really matter, but you can send out a coupon to them. And what I always love, um, because I know that the emails somehow, you get you get put into spam less if you if people are responding so i like to give responses right you know that if you've ever tried this restaurant or if you try them with our coupon you know write back and let me know how it was what was your experience blah 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 yeah that's um, i'm so glad you brought this up amy i literally just did this today and i didn't have it in my notes to talk about oh an email uh, both on the productivity side of things. I have a little bit of a productivity website and then uh, for a digital marketing training business. And it uh, was an email that just said one quick question and the body of it was literally that and said, you know, literally things are a little crazy right now. You know, is there anything we can do for you? What do you need? Um, you know, hit reply and let us know. And for every single person that replied, I have recorded a quick video using Loom and just said, hey, here's what I think you should do based on what your issue is and any links. And that was it. Yeah, that was a fun one. So I did that for 30 minutes today. Wow, I might send that email out. Yeah, it just it's a great one. Quick question. Way, here's, here's an interesting one for everyone listening and for you. So there was two subject lines. I split tested these. So it, it, okay. a little under the tech side of things and people don't need to be doing this. By the time people are listening to this, because a lot of my listeners are on my list, by the time they're listening to this, they'll be like, wait a minute, I got that email. I remembered this. So what you should <laughs> use is use the subject line, one quick question. And okay. that did better than what do you need right now? It was like 50% uh, better of an open rate. So. All right. So if you're listening to this and you recently received an email from me that said one quick question. <laughs> there we go. But uh, now, it's a good one and just testing this stuff. But anyways, that's the stuff I know. Yeah, because I'll probably send that out tomorrow and this might not get released. for. But you know what's so great about that? If there is someone listening to this and you received that email, whether you responded or not, think about how you felt when you received it if you felt like it was canned or if you really felt like that came from Amy. Yeah. I guarantee a hundred percent of them felt like it. Yeah. And it's fun too. Like, I think we, uh, I forget now, let's say we got, I think 20 replies. And so I sent out 20 short videos and I got back at least half. I ended up going back and forth with a couple were just like, this is super cool. I didn't expect an actual response to some people we've never talked to before. And then a couple were just like, yeah, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Just like, yeah, no problem. Just so say, having that happen, you know, really makes it worth it. So what's in the body of your email? Uh, just, you know, for that type of an email, you want it to be short and sweet, right? Because if you say one quick question, you better deliver Have on one topic. quick question. Yeah. So, you know, for this one, it was topical just saying, hey, you know, things are a little crazy right now in the world. Um, you know, we know it, you know it. Uh, and then from there just said, you know, so like the email or like the subject line said, you know, what is it you need right now? Hit reply, uh, let me know and I'll get back to you. I love it. Yep. 
good stuff. I love it. Oh, and I love that anyone listening will probably have, <laughs> or they're going to be listening and going, I'm not on her list. <laughs> yep. So side note, go get on Amy's list. Sign so. up for my list. <laughs> go to get off the cash flow rollercoaster.com. You'll get a free copy of my book and you'll be on my list. Oh, now know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Well, so we went through the topics. I think that's, that's the biggest uh, part of it. I really do want to uh, hammer though on the consistency because that's the toughest part. It's, it's fun to think about this. It's fun to be like, Oh, I'm going to try this Bonjoro tool. I'm going to use loom, but if you don't do it, it doesn't matter. Um, and so that's where I get big on the setting up the systems around this. And I mentioned it real quick, having a template, but that's what I would do for anyone who hasn't done this yet is write out a template and it may, it could be on paper. Um, I would use like a Google doc or something and like your emails, maybe you have two or three, they should follow the same kind of outline. And it just makes it so much easier the next time. So you're not looking at that blank page and you don't need to actually write the words, but maybe you have introduction, then you have an image, maybe you have the body content and then you have a signature and then you always have like your phone number and something else at the bottom. And something as simple as that just makes it so much easier. So when you start up, uh, you don't have to wonder what you're going to do. It's already kind of there. And then yeah. from there, maybe having a link to your list of ideas, things you can write about, right? Like the local events, uh, local handymen or uh, businesses, things like that. And then uh, uh, linking all this together with some sort of a reminder. Hopefully you guys are using your calendar. So you could put this and schedule it in for once a quarter or once every six months or once a year and putting that link to that Google Doc in the calendar event so that you're not wasting that time, you know, six months from now wondering, God, I know I wrote this down somewhere, but where is it? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's a great like idea. Yeah. Putting a link to the Google. Yeah, put the doc or wherever you put it, assuming it's digital, into the description. If you're using Google Calendar or iCal, I assume is the same thing. Uh, but yeah, just saving time that way so you're not wasting time rummaging, you know, through files and Dropbox and all that stuff. That is a game-changing productivity hack. Yeah, it, it, trust me, it, it is. It sounds simple, but it is such a great one once you start employing it all the time. Well, the other thing, too, people put very incomplete stuff in their calendar, and they think, oh, I'll remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of problems with that. I mean, the first and most obvious is, no, you won't. Yeah, and you shouldn't. Like that's the second one is that you shouldn't, if you are, there's a, a you've, you've got maybe even a bigger problem. Cause, um, I think it was that Einstein, did we talk about this before? I think so. Yeah. 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 That Einstein says that you're, that is not what your brain, you're remembering things is not what our brain is for. Our brain functions best for imagination and learning and thinking. Yeah. Like actively think, thinking, when you're thinking, you're working out a problem. People don't realize that thinking is an act, like it's an active, actual function of the brain. And when we try to store too much information in our brain, it just slows everything down. So yeah. I love that productivity hack. Yeah. I love great. it. I've been using it for years. It is amazing because it's silly the amount of time. Okay. I'm going to go off on this because I really like this. This will save you time. So that's just one thing. And imagine if you do that uh, for like a weekly task or, mm -hmm. you know, anything like that. Um, so I calculated this out once. I gave a short talk and I was like, man, I do this stuff regularly where I sit down every week and I look at things like what could I automate or what could I delegate, get off my plate. And if I spend 30 minutes a week doing that, 
trying to figure this stuff out and all I save is five minutes, but it keeps saving that five minutes week after week. Okay, so in one year, I'll end up having saved like, I believe it was five 24 hour days. So like not five work days, but like five complete days. So like, want to give yourself a vacation? Start doing stuff like this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, my, um, which reminds me, my dad piles things, right? Mm -hmm. There's always... Well, not, not anymore, not in the recent years, but there used to always be piles of paper next to the bed next to, and then his husband, it drives him crazy. He's very, Tim is a very organized niece. <laughs> yeah. um, and I remember one time we were talking about this and he had this phrase, he was like, they, the problem with making piles, first of all, is they colonize. But the one phrase, this one sentence that he said that really, it, it kind of cleared me of that and it fixed my dad. He just goes, have you ever watched somebody look for something? <laughs> oh, that's good. Like just the image. And then I, then I think of what does it look like when I'm looking for something? Oh yeah. And I always think like how frustrated I would get, or you just end up blowing something off. And like, that's why I was talking about consistency. Cause I know if I can't find something, maybe you get distracted. Maybe it's not even on purpose but you're in the middle of looking for that file and then the phone rings or you're looking for a file and you came across that old thing and you, you know how it goes. Looking for something, it's frustrating. It brings your mood down. It brings your entire vibrational energy just way down, especially if you don't find it. Yeah. Oh yeah. That nagging little, you know, then it's going to be screwing with you for the rest of the day. So, or when you forget what you were looking for. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, it just, look, when Tim said that, have you ever, watched anybody look for something i mean my first thought was like no i actually don't think i have but i must have seen it because there an image came in my mind and it wasn't good <laughs> definitely oh and looking for something on your computer Ooh. yeah yeah what who wants to be do? doing that anyways like we huh? got we got better stuff to do i know i do everyone does like you don't want to spend it just looking for files so do you have any other pr productivity hacks for us? Uh, yeah, a big one, because uh, I'm getting ready to uh, start some videos based on this. But, you know, the daily review, um, and I actually was talking to my project manager about this. Uh, this has been the cornerstone, corner, cornerstone uh, of the improvements I've made. And that is just setting that time aside every day um, to do a daily review. And whether, you know, at this point, I've incorporated a lot of different things from like uh, David Allen's getting things done to the GTE method. Um, things I've learned from other people, things I've come up with on my own. But at the end of the day, it's about having that time in the morning before I get started on any projects. You know, I gather everything up, which is, you know, my uh, notepads, uh, my to-doist list, uh, my project management list, and I get everything into one place, which goes into uh, an app I use called Notion. But uh, it doesn't matter what you use, so long as you're getting everything together. And then I review uh, the projects that I have open and my calendar. And those things combined mean that I don't have surprise meetings. You know, things don't surprise me at the last minute because I've reviewed my day. I know what's going on. I know what projects I have open and I've gotten all the little post-it notes and stickies and random things and gotten that all together. And then I can go from there and do some prioritizing, you know, maybe toss some things away or safely push them back if it's not important. Uh, and then make sure I'm working on the important stuff, you know, which is, hey, what's bringing home the bacon? Uh, you know, what's building the relationship? What are the important things? And then everything else. Yeah. 
gets pushed away. So that really is the most important thing. And I really advocate uh, very hard for people to implement at some level, uh, whatever they can to do that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like right now, the most important message that real estate agents can be getting out to their clients is that we can still show houses and that if you really need to sell, we can still list your house. Um, Making sure that our clients know that because there's a lot of people who are waiting right now because they believe they have to, not because they want to, they just think it's ordinance. Um, and they think they're stuck. So I think that's the number one most important message for real estate agents to get out right now. Um, yeah. So what I would do if I was a real estate agent, then I would come in and I would do my, my daily review. I'd get my post-it notes. I'd, you know, go through everything I had to do. And then I would say, okay, well, I know what's important. And the number one thing is letting people know, you know, that I can still show houses. I can still sell houses, list them. And I would spend 30 minutes a day doing that. And, you know, once you get this kind of a system in place, you can do that instead of saying, oh, well, I came in and, you know, I got phone calls. So I answered those and I went into my email and then it was lunch. So I went and ate lunch and then I got busy and then it was four o'clock and I had to go pick up my daughter and then, you know, went and we did family stuff and I forgot to send the email. And so just taking that time in the morning to plan your day, take care of that one most important task right up front and then go in. I love that the first thing you, the first distraction you threw out there was phone calls. And I know my opinion on this, but I'd love to hear your thought. Do Mm -hmm. I have to answer my phone just because it rings? I, of course, I'm going to say no, but I I don't know, you know, the business. I, I know if I, gosh, I don't know. I was trying to think if I was calling my real estate agent, would I want them to answer not? But at the end of the day, if you have time that is truly important to you, of course not. You don't answer it because if you don't take your time seriously, no one else is going to. That's right. That's right. Agents really feel that pressure that I got to answer it right now. And the reality is, so if um, your agent, what was her name? Was Havana? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If Havana didn't answer when you called, say she called you back in 30 minutes, how are you yeah, going to feel? That was fine. And that's exactly what you do. Like, Hey, Adam, sorry. I was out with the family or, you know, Hey, it was on, had something else go, or even better. Just, Hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Yeah. I was just going to say <laughs> for me, if somebody calls me and I call them back within 90 to 120 minutes, it is not, Hey, Adam, sorry. I was, no, it's just, Hey, Adam. Yeah. And I'd go even further. I'd just say same day. Just like, Hey, great. I'm getting back to you. You know, my world, yeah. you know, I don't know. Again, I think this is funny. We talked about this previously, Amy, but yeah, I wouldn't expect anyone to think that, you know, or to revolve their world around mine. So I don't need to know what they were doing. Just like, great, you're getting back to me. That's what I wanted. Let's go. Yeah. Like it doesn't, I know that when I call somebody, a professional, somebody that I'm working with, um, when they call me back, I'm, I'm personally, I'm definitely not wondering what were you doing that you couldn't answer my call? Aren't I your single most important client? Like that's, that's just not my thought. My thought is, thanks for calling me back. Here's what I wanted. Yeah. And if that's what somebody says to you, that's great. That's like someone unsubscribing, except they just, they said it in different words. You don't want that person as a client. So I don't, I definitely don't. Um, well, you have been, this has been so incredible. You've given us some really good gems. If somebody wanted, if they were just like, I don't, I, I don't know how to do this. I don't want to do it. And they wanted you to set up their email for them or their marketing for them. Is that something that you do? What do you, what do you do? How does somebody hire you? Yeah. You know, I have not done that before, but you know, I'm certainly open to having a conversation. 
uh, and they can go to oasisoptimization.com. Just head over there and it should be very obvious what they need to do. If it isn't, please uh, let me know because that means I failed and the contact button doesn't work. So right, <laughs> okay. there and I'd love to talk to you if uh, that's something that uh, you know you're interested in. So what, so what do you, what do you offer? What, what would be the, if somebody wanted to hire you, what is yeah, it? Definitely. If you know, if anyone listening specifically, maybe I know too that they may know people or that, you know, you have a business on the side, but generally I help business owners increase their average order value uh, their lifetime value and implement the systems uh, to create a real brand that gets them results consistently. Uh, and I very purposefully add that word consistently. And I know I've said it a few times while we're talking, because that is so important in all of these areas. You've been very consistent with that message. <laughs> I'm consistently consistent with the word consistent. So yeah, that's like the one thing I keep hearing is consistency. Definitely. It's such a, such a big part. You know, you can have a small, small habit, um, a small thing you do, like sending out that monthly email. It doesn't sound much, right? That you send out a monthly email and the returns on that over the years can be enormous. One of my favorite things to um, teach is that attendance is more important than performance. Hmm. So in other words, showing up, being consistent, right? That's your attendance is showing up. So whether it's showing up every single month with that email, that's your attendance. That's where you're, you're coming to the conversation. It's more important than performance. So performance would be, did I really nail that email? Did it really come from the heart? Did it really reach them? Did it resonate with them? Was it really my, that's performance. And none of that stuff matters. And in fact, focusing too much on that is one of the things that prevents people from sending the email. And the really liberating fact is most people, I mean, in my experience, I feel like 15 to 20% open the email anyway. Yeah. Like most of them don't even, most of them don't even open it. So the content in the email is, I mean, it has to be good. It can't, don't, don't send out garbage. I'm not saying that. It needs to be something that you feel good about and are proud about, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be excellent. Yeah. It needs to be good and it needs to be authentic. That doesn't mean it needs to come from your heart and resonate with people and move them or have this, but it, it, it's just not that big of a deal, but it's really important that the email gets sent. Definitely. In, imperfect action is going to be perfect inaction. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Do like it good. Make sure you can stand behind it, but you know what? After you've got it, get it out there. And yeah, like don't send something that you're, that's going to embarrass you. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be, uh, you know, amazing, this perfect, you know, agents do, they kind of get, they want, they want everything that goes out to just have like all this value and really, it's like, just get it, just get it done. Yeah, again, remember, yeah, you're building that relationship and like relation, I don't know, um, I'm not saying I'm an expert on relationships, but for me, you know, relationships aren't built with one conversation. You know, it's the little back and forth over time. Even if it's a really good conversation. Yeah. So, you know, just have that little back and forth with people all the time and that, you know, you're building that relationship. So, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's just been wonderful to have on here. Do you have any closing words for our audience? Uh, be consistent, <laughs> uh, resist. but yeah, be consistent. Do this. If this tickled something in your head and you said, gosh, I should do that. Do it. Write yourself a reminder, set an alarm, do whatever you got to do, uh, and put it out there, you know, do it. You're doing yourself a favor, but you're also going to be doing your clients a favor. 
what about for the guy who's who used to send emails and then kind of did, but it's been like at least a year? Yeah, no worries. You know what? Uh, best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, but the next best time is today. Same thing with emails. So, you so know Just what? still send it. Yeah, just send it. You don't have it to explain it. You don't have to say, hey, it's been a while. Deb, nobody's thinking that, you know, just go ahead and send it. They're not missing your emails? Yeah, you know, and maybe they did, but you know, everyone's busy. Just go ahead and start sending it send again. It. I agree. That's, I kind of set that up on purpose. <laughs> well, all right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. All right. Well, thank you for listening. That was another fun episode of Get Off the Cash Flow Roller Coaster. If you found this to be useful, we would love it if you rate and review. We're looking for five-star ratings and please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. We would love, um, we're just looking to help as many people as possible. So thank you for tuning in.